want you to tell your neighbor quickly, something is about to happen. Well, let me tell you right now, I believe today that God is going to touch people in a tremendous way. There will be people in this place that your prayer life will never be the same again. Hear me right now. There's people here, your marriage will never, ever, ever be the same again. Your physical mortal body will never, ever, ever be the same again. Your financial state will never, ever, ever be the same again. God is about to give you double for your trouble. I'm, I'm declaring this to somebody right now. Double for your trouble. Let me, let me say this that every devil in hell hear me. This is the hour for the church. The greatest hour for the body of Christ. Come on, we're about to see the greatest move of the Spirit of God. You know, I was, I was going live every, every night of the week on Facebook and there's a hunger. Let me tell you, there's a hunger. Testimonies that has been flowing in. People that tell tells me that while they were on Facebook live, the presence of, the God, of God knocked them in their house while... The, the, the woman and the child is watching, both weeping, falling on the floor, crying out to a living God. You know, people from all over the world told us that there's a presence of God shaking my house. Well, that's the new norm. I said, that's the new norm. Oh, come on, that's the new norm. Tell your wife, that is the new norm. So I want to quickly speak about this, and I'm not going to be long today. I promise to be done by three o'clock. Because this... There's so much that I want to I give. So much that the Lord has spoken to me about. I want to speak about seven things that hinders your prayer. Seven things that hinders your prayer. Now, let me say this one more time. That you, I have to understand, why does Satan want to hinder your prayer? Because prayer is powerful. The Bible says the prayer of the righteous. Let me say that one more time. It sounds so good. The prayer of the what? The righteous, not the unrighteous. By the way, the unrighteous is not hurt. God says he does not listen to the unrighteous. Amen. So he says the prayer of the righteous avails much. The other translation says that the prayer of the righteous carries power. Amen. When the righteous pray, now you better hear me, write this down. When the righteous pray, it's like Jesus himself asking the Father. Amen. The scripture says, Jesus says, whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that shall be given unto you. Why? Why did Jesus say anything in his name? Because the name of Jesus, when he gave us the name, he gave us power of attorney to act on his behalf. In other words, that when I approach the father in the name of Jesus, it's the same like his son approaches him. And the thing is, you know why the, the biggest problem is that anybody can do is give something a name. When a doctor gives a sickness a name, cancer, it's a problem. Because now that name is subject to another name. Because the Bible says there's a name above every other name. So when you give something a name, it means that thing is under. This is why I declare the name of Jesus. That cancer shall not take you out in Jesus' name. Come on, it will have no hold over you. Depression is a defeated spirit by the power of the living God. Come on, and I, I want to tell you this. There's a fire in me today. Even if you don't want to do it, I'll pray the heavens open and fire come down. Come on, you better say this. If there's anybody battling cancer in your family, maybe you better say in the name of Jesus Christ. Cancer, you are subject under the name. The, oh, come on. The most high name, Jesus. And everything must come down. 
I said everything, every high thing and principality and power must, must, must come down. This is why you take this, you leave it, it's up to you. But everything that has harassed your family stops today in the name of Jesus Christ. Everything that has arrested your dreams, it's coming to nothing right now by the power of God. Come on, everything that has attacked your vision and your dream, I declare it void and null in the name of Jesus Christ. Come on, every spirit of fear, we break that power in the name of Jesus. There's a name. I said, there's a name above every other name. Death could not hold him. The grave could not keep him. A name above every other name. When you call upon the name of Jesus, angel stands on attention. Demons are fleeing in seven different directions. There's a name. I said, there's a name. Tell your neighbor there's a name. I said, tell your neighbor there's a name. This guy is too loud for me. Listen, let me tell you. There's a fire that eats me up from the inside. A name above every other name. The Bible says, at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. Before God heals cancer. Do you know what he does with cancer? He gives cancer a knee. This is why I can tell you, every spirit that attacks you has got a knee. In heaven, when we stand before Christ one day, we're going to see the greatest, greatest miracles ever. Amen. Knees will pop out like this. Because knees will bow before Him. Tongues will grow out, even those who have lost a tongue. <laughs> they will have to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Let me tell you this, listen to me. Lucifer himself will have to bow down before Christ Jesus and confess with his own mouth that this is truly the son of the living God. I declare this in the name of Jesus. Your problem is bowing down, declaring Jesus Christ as Lord. Whoa. Why do you think the Bible says, be still and know that I am God? Why do you know what God actually says? He whispers to that problem of yours and says, hey, shut up and know that I am God. Cancer, be still and know that I am God. It's a name above every other name. Oh, can you feel that? When you whisper that name of Jesus, things change in your spirit, man. That beautiful man, Jesus, changed everything in me. Everything in me. I, listen, since my day of an encounter with the Lord, I've never preached the same way. Never. I tried. I tried to contain myself. I don't know how many times I promised myself, today you're not moving behind this pulpit. You stand still. You look people in the eye. You get a stance ready. But when the fire touched me, I said, when the fire touched me, I have come too far to doubt. Nobody knows like I know what he has done for me. Amen. Come on. And I, I want to just say this to you, that today you are victorious. You're not fighting for victory. You're fighting from the position of victory. You are victorious. If you are victorious, I want you to jump to your feet and give Jesus 30 seconds of crazy, crazy praise in this place. Praise Him. You know, let me just tell you what I tried to create. 
and expectation in the atmosphere. Because expectation breeds miracles. When people are expectant, anything might happen. So today we're going we're gonna to tackle several things. And let me tell you, it's going to get hot in here. Now if I say hot in here, maybe you're going to get angry at your husband. Your husband's going to angry at you. But we're going to sort some stuff out. If you have children, you close your ears, chase them out. But we, we are going to deal with some stuff. And uh, the reason for this is because anything that you preach on, the Lord has to back it up. Especially when He gave you the word. And I had this on my heart for so long and today is the day. So I'm going I'm to touch on seven and one of them I'm going to go into very deep. Okay, so I'm going give to you, give you a lot of scriptures so that you understand it's not my opinion. You can't be angry at me. You have to be angry at the Lord. He put it in the Bible. All right, so I want to tell you reason number one why there's a, uh, a stall or a hinder to your prayer. I want to start off with this. The Bible says Daniel was a man, a man of prayer. He was a man after God's heart. But let me just say this, by the way. Daniel is the man that they said, you're not allowed to pray for 21 days. When you pray, that, you, you, know, you will be thrown into a lion's den. Daniel was the guy that said, if you tell me not to pray, that's exactly what I'm going to do. I'm going to pray. Because prayer is my weapon. Now, let me say this to you. Prayer, prayer is not just something that I do, but it's something that I converse in. So when I, when I pray, I'm not just asking, asking, asking. Let's, let me tell you. It's, and I don't want to sound arrogant when I say this, but it's, I have a hard time asking the Lord because His presence is more real than my need. So when I go to His presence, when I pray, let me tell you, there's a, there's a list. But I don't get to that list because He's more real than the list. So I, I, and there's nothing wrong asking. The Bible says you can ask. Whatever you shall ask, you shall receive. But let me say this to you, that His presence is so more real than, than, than my prayer list, that when I get there, I'm submerged in His presence, I understand that the only thing I need of is more of Him. Yeah. So prayer is not just, Lord, give me, give me, give me, give me. Prayer is something you speak, you listen, you, then you're quiet, He speaks back, and you listen to Him. Amen? So Daniel was a type of guy that he, he, he loved spending time in the courts of glory. So the Bible says he was praying for 21 days. And then suddenly there's an angel that came and break through and said, Daniel, from the first day that you prayed, God heard you. Now, you can write that on your husband's forehead. When you pray, the very second you say, Father, heaven hears you. People say, I, I feel like I pray against the ceiling. It's not because you pray against the ceiling. It's because of what happens next. The angel said, we heard you from the first day that you were crying out. But because of a a war in the heavens the prince of persia had a fight with michael michael's the archangel by the way and it took 21 days so when michael helped the breakthrough came and your prayers were answered now number one reason number one why this hindered prayers is because of a spiritual battle in the heavenlies let me just say this before a husband and a wife quarrel there's a spiritual fight over your family. And do you know what you do? You strengthen the devil by attacking each other. You give him strength instead of realizing my wrestle is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, rulers of darkness of this age, and pray against it, and then it will cease. You say, I don't want to jump the gun, but to say the last word doesn't mean you're right. It doesn't mean you have won the battle. Do you know who won the battle? The one who can say, I'm sorry, Amen. even though you were not wrong. 
Like in my case, I'm never wrong. I'm sorry. Okay, so number one, the reason number one is God listens to you every single time. You have to understand this very importantly. When you pray, God listens to you. What prayers that does God listen to, by the way? Prayers of faith. Faith moves God. Hebrews 11 verse 6 says, but without faith, it's impossible to please God. Come on, do you hear me in this place? So faith moves God. People say to me, well, what about if I pray a big prayer? Big prayer, small prayer, who cares? As long as it's with faith, God listens. God listens. And God is more eager to answer you than you, ask, or than you are asking Him. So reason number one why your prayers are hindered, and listen, if you don't take notes and you miss out, you're going to miss out. I get a lot of times, listen, why do I pray and God doesn't listen? My prayers are hindered. Number one, spiritual fights in the heavenlies. So in other words, when you pray, people are not going to like what I say now. When you give your life to Christ, Satan hates you Amen. with a passion yes. and will assign demon forces over your life yes. to hinder you, to stop you from everything that you think possible. So now you pray. Now this is, people ask me the question, so why, why do I serve God? Because since I served God, there's an attack on my life. But you know what the Bible says? Out of them all, God will save them. So when there's an attack, every single attack that comes against your life, God promises He will save you out of them all. Out of everyone, God will save you out of them all. So there's no attack on your life that is too big for God. God says, if there's an attack, I'll get you out of the attack. Come on. But Satan hates you. He hates the assignment on your life. So when you start to pray now, what does the devil do? He tries to stop that prayer. So he, he, he sends demonic spirits, sometimes in the form of people. <laughs> it's quiet. I thought it was going to be quiet. Sometimes in the form of demons, people are closest to you. And they hinder your prayers. How can man hinder my prayer? Do you really think God's going to do that for you? How's it going to happen? Oh no, you dream too big. You don't have the finances. You just lost your job. Demons. And so there's a hinder in the spirit. But the Bible says after 21 days, what did Daniel do? Here's the problem with people. We pray today, tomorrow we receive nothing, we stop. Yes. Amen. Daniel did something in the Old Testament that Jesus came to do in the New Testament. He said there's three keys to the kingdom. What, ask, seek, knock. Daniel was asking until he received. He was seeking until he found. He was knocking until it was opened. That's the difference. When you start to pray with faith, there's no time limit to it. You just ask until there's answer. Come on, you just seek until you find. You knock until somebody kicks that door open and say, here it is. So people stop. Why do you stop praying? Because he didn't answer you tomorrow. You have to understand the longer the wait, the bigger the breakthrough. I want to say something that just dropped into my spirit. Every time when you pray, the answer is yes. Anything that's according to His will, the answer is yes. Basically, how do I know the will of God? Read the Bible. His will is in His word. And His word is His will. So whatsoever I shall ask, according to the word of God, the answer is already yes. So you sit at your home and say, maybe it's not God's time. No, no. Forget maybe it's not God's time. And stand to your feet and understand, there's an attack over my life right now. There's a reason why there's not an answer right now. In other words, the breakthrough is so big, but Satan tries to hinder it. How can I help God? How can I help heaven? When I start to continue to pray, when you pray, you empower the angels of God. Come on and bang, suddenly he answers you. And by the way, when God answers, he answers by fire. Come on, shout hallelujah if you're with me. Number two, unforgiveness. 
People ask, why does my prayer, why is it hindered? Why does it take long? Unforgiveness. When you struggle with unforgiveness in your heart, your prayers will be hindered. Amen. Trust me. It doesn't matter who hurt you, who walked out, what people said. If there's unforgiveness in your heart, you will walk around Jericho. The walls will continue growing. Nothing will happen until you let go. Jesus said, if you cannot forgive, God can't forgive you. I've got bad news for you. You can sit before him every single day of your life. Lord, forgive me. I'm a sinner. Unless you forgive, the Bible says you will never be forgiven. God can't forgive you. And let me just tell you something that's going to hit you right now. But unforgiveness brings, brings hatred. Amen. Hatred is murder. Amen. So when you hate, you stand before God as a murderer. The Bible says murderer has their part in house fire. So the Bible is very clear that you have to forgive to be forgiven. You know, the quickest way, the quickest way to get your prayers answered is to have a pure heart. With pure motives. No selfish ambition. Pure before him. Come on, there's many times in my life that I said, Lord, I don't want to forgive him. I want to smack him. It's going to be better. It's going to feel better. Be honest, you're in church, you can't lie. Who felt that way? Amen. I don't want to forgive now, Lord. I want to smack now. Yes. I've got many five out here. A fivefold ministry. Come out, you devil! Oh, sorry, brother. But Jesus turned the other cheek. He said, turn the other cheek. You don't know what he did after that. But it's better to forgive. Why do you have to forgive for yourself? People are walking free while you're in a prison. Because you can't forgive them. And now you pray and you get frustrated because my prayers are not answered. It's hindered. But there's a reason because God says, listen, vengeance is mine, says the Lord. Don't, you don't have to fight them. I will sort them out. Now, uh, I have to throw this in now. It's just the right time. There's a woman in the Bible called Abigail. And she had a husband called Nabal. And the Bible says he was exactly what his name was. Now, now just, just stop. Listen to me. My name is Vessel. Let me say that again. He was exactly as his name was. Nabal. I'm exactly as my name is. Vessel. I'm a vessel. All right? The Bible speaks about him as a foolish guy there's one translation says he was a stupid guy a drunkard full of himself he didn't like people he didn't worry about people he was rich and he just cared about himself that's what the bible calls him the, the, the in actual fact the bible speaks about no one like he speaks about nabal a foolish ignorant self-centered idiotic that's what the scripture calls him it's not vessel, it's the, what the Bible says. Okay. All right, and, and so he takes him out. It just destroys him completely. And so, so David and his men was, was on the run from Saul. And they caught up with Nabal, and Nabal had a lot of cattle. He was a rich man. So David said, well, while we're out there, we're going to protect your camp. We're going to take care of, nobody will come near your flock. We'll take care of your men. Because David had a huge army. If I say huge army, it, it, I, I, I would rather want to say a dangerous army. These, these guys didn't take nonsense. Amen. Think about this 15 years old. He stands before Goliath and say, listen, 
I've killed the bear. I've slapped the lion around. Who are you? I'm going to you uncircumcised Philistine. And now he's anointed as king. And, and let me just say to you that iron sharpens iron. <laughs> I said iron sharpens iron. They, they saw how David was and they became exactly like David was. Long story short, so David sent, sent out and he said, listen, we've been taking care of you. Now I'm just asking to return the favor. Would you send some food to us? We protected everything. Please just help us. And, and the Bible says, suddenly Nabal cursed David. So he used some of the words that we will not use normally. And he refused to help him. So David said, now I'm going to come and kill him. He sent word, I'm going to take him out. I'm going to kill all of his, all of his cattle. And, and you know what? Word spread. And Nabal's men ran to Abigail and said, Abigail, please, you have to intervene. Nabal is a fool. David is on his way to come and take him out. He's going to kill you. He's going to kill the family. He's going to kill everything that belongs to him. Quickly help. And the Bible says, she said, all right, get the meat, what, get the supplies. And she ran out towards David. The scripture says, Nabal didn't know what she was doing. I'm speaking to somebody now. You're going to get it in a moment. And the Bible says, so she ran out and she met David on the way with all his men. And she fell at his feet and she said, please put all his iniquity on me. It's my fault. Please just leave him. He's a foolish man. His own wife said, he's an ignorant. Beep, boop, beep. But blame me. I'm to blame. Please just, just spare everybody else. Now, there's a lot of Nabals and a lot of Abigails in marriages. And not every guy is, a, is some guys are Abigails in this place, and some of your wives are Nabals. Watch it. But hear me. Think about this now. And, and so she, she spoke, and she tried just to cover up for her husband. Love is blind. And yes, my wife. To my wife, yes. I think we're done with this meeting. I have to have a talk. <laughs> In any case, so the scripture says David said, Okay, because of you, we will not kill him. We will not kill you all. It's fine. We will take your, your sacrifice and we will go our way. But here's the powerful thing as Abigail walked towards Nabal, she said, This is what I've done. The Bible says he became so angry that his heart, he had a heart attack. His heart became like a stone, the scripture says. If you study what happened, he had a stroke and a heart attack. Ten days after that, he died. So here's the thing. David was on his way to kill him. God said, hang on. Vengeance is mine. Amen. Because he spoke bad of the man of God. Yo, you didn't get this one. And, and, and so the Lord struck him with a heart attack, killed him. But, but no, so, so hang on now. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to remember the story. Nabal and Abigail. All right? Unforgiveness. Come on, let's quickly jump. Let's quickly jump to another one. I want to I ask us to uh, quickly open our Bibles to the book of James chapter 4. Number 3. Number th uh, am I number 3 now? Number 3. Selfish prayers. Reason number 3. That your prayers are hindered is selfish, selfish prayers. Here's the book of James. It says the following. You lust and do not have. You murder and convey and cannot obtain. You fight and war. Yet you do not have because you do not ask. 
You ask and you do not receive because you ask amiss that you may spend it on your own pleasures. Whew. Go back to verse 2, please. You lust and you do not have. You lust and you do not have. One more time. You lust and you do not have. Lust is a spirit. Lust brings and attracts poverty. Let me say that one more time. Lust is not, it's not, uh, you know, this is, this, is, this is my problem with lust. Lust, when, let, let's say there's sexual lust. Sexual lust doesn't care the age of the person, the background of the person, how the person looks like, male, female, boy, girl, they don't care. Lust got one thing, and that's to destroy. It's very quiet again. But the scripture says you lust and you do not have. When you do not have, it means there's lack. Shout lack. And by the way, God does not want you to have lack. Why do, where's the proof? I'll give you the proof. My God shall supply all of my needs according to His riches and glory through Christ Jesus. In other words, my God shall supply all my needs. It means the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not lack. So when I, this is what lust does. Lust brings lack. Lust brings a spirit of lack. And by the way, this lust is not just, not just sexual lust. Lust to receive your own, or, or to soothe your own guilty conscience. Yes. Lord, give me money. All right, why do you want the money? So that I can boast in my money. So that people can fall down before me. And that I can tell people how much money I have. That's what lust does. A lust for money. Lust for, lust for a position. Lust for power. You murder and convey and you cannot obtain. You fight in your war. Yet you do not have because you do not ask. Just stop there quickly. Now the Bible says you do not have because you do not ask. So a lot of people don't ask. This is why they don't have. But when they ask, go on to verse 3. Listen to this. You ask and you do not receive because you ask amiss that you may spend it on your own pleasures. So that is selfish prayer. When you are selfish in your prayer, the Bible says you will not receive. You will always be without. There will always be lack. So when I pray, whenever I need something, it must be for the expansion of the kingdom of God to be a blessing. Because God said to Abraham, I'm going to bless you to be a blessing. Amen. Come on, don't shout me down when I'm preaching good. Amen. That's what God said to him, I'm going to bless you for one reason, to be a blessing. Amen. You ask and you do not receive because you ask a mask that you may spend it on your own pleasures. So when I pray, it shouldn't be selfish prayer. Now selfish prayer, let me just help you out on this. Selfish prayer is not, Lord, I need food in my house. That's not selfish prayer. Can I, can I go deeper? I want to speak to a couple of crazy people here that will hear me. You spend your time on asking God for the need. And we waste spiritual energy. Lord, please give me food. Lord, please get me something to, to wear. The Bible says God knows what you need even before you ask Him. Amen. He says, consider the lily of the field. God takes care of the lily. He takes care of the bird in the air. How much more would the Heavenly Father not take care of you? Amen. Don't worry what you will eat. Come on, Sunday morning, woman. Don't worry what you will wear. <laughs> Cupboard is full of clothes. I've got nothing to wear. Does this pants make me look fat? 
It's quiet. This side, I like you. You're speaking the truth and the whole truth and nothing else but the truth. Stand before that carpet. I've got nothing to wear. Uncle Denzel, it sounds familiar, right? But the Bible says, don't worry about what you will put on. For your heavenly Father knows what you need long before you ask Him. And here He goes on. He says, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all the other things shall be added unto you. What things? The things that you desire. The things that you desire. Let me hit you with some real stuff here. When you have a dream, sometimes you have a, a, a desire. A desire that does not cause you to sin. Do you know why do you have that desire? Because God dreams that over you. So He puts the desire in you. Because that is what He wants you to have. That's what he wants you to drive. That's what he, come on. The Bible says you will live in houses that you did not build. Come on, he will eat of vineyards that you didn't plant. Seek his kingdom and his righteousness. Being in the right standing with the Father. I want to shout this from the mountaintops. When you are in right standing with the Father, there's nothing that can hinder and limit what you ask Him. He says when you're in right standing with the Father, you can ask whatsoever you shall desire and it shall be given unto you. This is why when you see somebody blessed, I'm not speaking to you about worldly people, I'm speaking to you about the righteous. When they are blessed, glorify their Father. Glorify their Father in heaven. Come on, somebody shout hallelujah. Because a righteous man will receive whatsoever he shall ask. Because won't they be attacked? They will be attacked. Absolutely. But you have the answer. Pray, pray, pray and pray some more. Pray until something happens. You know how many times I told the Lord this? I said, Lord, I am not going to bed tonight. I refuse to sleep. Not unless you If you answer me tonight, Amen. I'll go to bed. If not, Lord, I'm just banging on heaven's doors. I've read a scripture, by the way. That the Bible says when your, when your friend comes to visit in the middle of the night and he knocks on the door, you're not going to get up and open up because he's your friend. You're going to get up because he's persistent. Amen. The children is going to wake up. <laughs> so, <coughs> you're not going to open up the door because he's your friend. He says you're going to open that door because that guy is so irritating. He doesn't stop banging on the door. So the Bible, this is what does the scripture say? God gets up. Amen. Opens the door and says, Amen. You drive me crazy. Lord, I refuse to go to bed. I know maybe, now listen, I'm a friend of God. He calls me friend. But he says that's not the reason why he opens. He opens because there's a persistent spirit on the inside that says, I will not go away. Not until you've blessed me. Lord, I will not leave you. Not until you've blessed me. Lord, I will not leave this church building. They can drag me out. They can call the cops on me. But I'm not leaving. Not unless you've blessed me. Not unless you've changed me. That's persistent. Come on. Come on. Am I speaking to the right crowd? Not selfish prayers, but prayers that you know, that you know, that you know from the purity of your heart. Lord, give me money. Why? Why do you need money? What do you want to do with money? It's getting quiet again. You can see this on Facebook Live when you speak about finances. Ooh, goes the viewership. 
The same people that jumps off when you speak about money is the ones that send the private message. You have to pray for finances. Please, I need a financial breakthrough. God cannot violate this word. If you're not a giver, you will always have lack. Woo. Lord, give me breakthrough. God says, I will give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. When you're a sower, you will have, always have seed. You will always have food. Come on, don't shout me down. Shout hallelujah. Here's the next one, number. I'm just checking you. I know exactly where I am. I'm just checking you. <coughs> this next one is a biggie. And I wanted you to turn to the book of Isaiah quickly. Let's see, Isaiah 59. Number four, unconfessed sin. Number four, the reason why my prayer is hindered is because of unconfessed sin. Somebody listening to me. Now, read the scripture. Keep it on the screen for me, please. It says, but your iniquities have separated you from your God and your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear you. Amen. Okay, now let's go back to that one more time. Your iniquities have separated you from your God. Your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear. Why don't God hear me? Because of unconfessed sin. Now I want you to hear me quickly and I'm going to get a lot of people angry at me now. But it's fine. Stand in the queue. Take a number. The Bible says when you know something is wrong and you still do it, to you it will be sin. Now let me explain something to you. The grace message has been really, really, really been over-exaggerated, blown out of proportion. Because grace is not, you know, there's so many people, let me just say it as it is, there's so many people, so many preachers today that has affairs uh, um, and under grace, they say grace, I've got grace, so I'm fine. So grace does not enable you to sin. Grace gives you power over sin. This is why Paul, the grace preacher says that if you have tasted grace, how can you still live in sin? He says, sin has no more dominion over you. This means that when I am born again, the things that I used to like, I don't like no more. The things I used to do, I do no more. I was offended when I was, when I was backslidden, or not, not born again. But when I was born again, that thing died in the water. I'm no longer that man. Is somebody listening to me? So what does grace do? Grace gives me the empowerment to win sin. So in other words, so when you sin willfully after receiving the knowledge of the truth, according to the book of Hebrews, there remain no remission of sin. Oh, it's quiet again. You can't drink like a pig. By the way, Nabal, the scripture says, he was a drunkard. I'm going to hit people with some knowledge. No drunkard shall inherit the kingdom of God. Well, I can drink as long as I don't overdo it. The Bible doesn't say go and sin less. He says go and sin no more. By the way, the book says, in Isaiah, he says don't even look upon wine. He doesn't say don't drink it. He says don't even look upon it. Why do you want to look upon something? By the way, most of you that goes to the, the spa, the tops, wave at me. You will see on that bottle called, it says spirits. You drink and another spirit comes over. I want to just see one thing that alcohol does that is good. One thing. It ruins families. It ruins children. It destroys 
marriages. Isaiah chapter 5 says, Hell has enlarged itself because of alcohol. Don't shout me down. So you, you drink and you become so drunk and you know, say, Lord, forgive me. I'm, I'm sorry, I'll never do that again. Tomorrow night, the same thing. Oh, Lord, forgive me. You're not forgiven. You are mocking God. God shall not be mocked. And it's not just alcohol. Listen, let me, I can tell you there's more things. Don't just, just don't overdo it. You can enjoy it, but don't overdo it. So cheat your wife once, not twice. Twice is overdo it. Steal a million, not two million. Two million is, yeah, 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 yeah. Hey, it's the feel. Whether you steal five rand, whether you steal five million, it's a sin. Sin is sin. God doesn't say, hey, hey, this is right, five rand. Take five rands over a long period of time, it's better. Don't just, don't be greedy. No, sin is sin. You can murder. Not, just don't overdo it. Just murder a couple. Yes, don't. Don't go mad on yourself. That's what people think. So the Bible says because of that, your prayers are hindered. God does not listen to you. you wanna, this is why he even says the following. He says, when you have something against someone, before you bring your gift to the altar, go and sort it out with your brother first. He said, I'm not interested in your gift. I desire mercy above sacrifice. Make sure to make right. Oh, my goodness. You know what's just happening? God is setting you free from the bondage of sin. When you are righteous in Christ Jesus, something changes in you. You start to hate the things of this world. You don't have to. Nobody, my wife, let me just say this, by the way. I told her the other day, I said, you know what I think? I'm going to be blunt and honest. Because Uncle Denzel said, if my wife's angry, I can sleep at his house tonight. But again, let me just say this. I told her that. I said, come sit here, woman. I said, everybody thinks that you're the boss. I just want to tell you something. Yeah, I'm the king of this castle. I said, let me just tell you why I do when you ask me to do. Because I consider you. <laughs> I don't jump because you're the boss. I just consider you. So, Lavi, what can I do for you today? <laughs> All right. <laughs> so, my wife is not the one that says, you don't go there and you don't go there. No, no, no. I've got a Holy Spirit in me that says, don't go there. And don't go there. Don't do that. If there's one thing that I struggle in this flesh, one thing, I said this before God, sometimes anger issue, short fuse, very short fuse. Excuse the pun. <laughs> A lot of them will catch it when they drive home, don't worry. So when, I, when anger, you know, it's like a Tabasco sauce. It's like Machacho's dynamite. In any case, it comes from the feet. It boils up to the head. And then there's a still small voice. It's not your wife's voice. It's the Holy Spirit says, Don't do that. Okay, sorry, forgive me. That's not sin. But when you hear that voice, don't do that. That's sin. Yes, Holy Spirit. A lot of people say sin is something that I act upon. No, no, no. Sin is something I think upon. Amen. Jesus says sin is not an act. Sin is something that you think of. By the way, he says that when you look upon a man or a woman with lust in your heart, you have already, you have already committed adultery in your heart. Uh, well, I was just thinking about it. No, no, you've done it. 
You'll have to stand before God as an adulterer one day. Come on, you won't hear this in much churches. Why? Because they will lose people. I don't care about losing people. I care about losing my own soul. Come on. I, I, this is what I care about. Losing my own soul. He says, why does it help you to win the whole world but to lose your own soul? I can't lose my soul. I have to stand before God one day. Is somebody listening to me? Unconfessed sin will keep you away from the presence of God. It will keep your praise in it. You know what the Bible says? The Bible says you have to confess your trespasses to one another so that you might be healed. A lot of people don't get healing because these trespasses committed and they don't even, they don't even confess it. Confess it. Not to your priest. Not to your pastor. I don't want to hear it. I know it. Most of the times when I walk towards you and I look in your eye, I can tell you exactly what you're doing. This is why I don't want to look people in the eye because, oh, good. Oh, here, help us. Let's sit all in there. You have to confess your sin. Shout, I have to confess my sin. And then I have to do what Jesus says, go and sin no more. Do you know what? He doesn't stop there. He says, lest something worse come upon you. Now, sin is sin. It doesn't matter when you're a murderer, a sluggard. Do you know sluggard is a sin? Okay, it's quiet again. At least I'm not a murderer. I'm just a sluggard. You're just as bad. Amen? All right. I'll take an amen on that one. So, let's quickly go on to the next one. Because I'm going to get to the exciting one now. Give me a few more minutes. Uh, number five. Doubt. Unbelief. Book of James. Let's open up the book of James. James chapter one. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally. And listen, God gives to all. Okay, let me say that again. Whenever you have anything, it's not because of your own doing. It's not because of your own smart work. It's not because of your hard work. It's because God is the giver of all good things. And the Bible says He gives all good things to the righteous to enjoy. Sheesh, man. God gives me the good things to enjoy. One of those good things is life. Life is not a death sentence. Life is something to enjoy. Let me tell you something. It doesn't matter. Do you know what the greatest thing to have in life, the greatest commodity, the greatest commodity is health. That's the greatest commodity. It's greater than all the gold. It doesn't help you have 10 million rand in your bank account, but you're busy dying. Your greatest commodity that God has even given us is life and that in abundance. Come on, it's health. Shout hallelujah if you're with me. So he says, let's go on. If anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask of God to give to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith, with no doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. That's the reason why a lot of people's prayers are hindered. They are double-minded. They have doubt in their hearts. Lord, I thank you for breakthrough in Jesus' name. Amen. My goodness, I don't know how we're going to do this this month. Everything is falling apart. Double-minded. God says you are wasting spiritual energy. Don't even ask him anything. Those who go to God must believe that he is. Come on, and a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So doubt creates a mountain. Faith is supposed to move that mountain. So God answers people when they ask in faith. Let me say this to you. It doesn't matter how big 
the situation is faith moves mountains it doesn't matter what it is to God is the same thing I always say this with money the one day a guy came to me he said a preacher he said to me I'm done I'm finished with ministry I said why he said if you have to know my budget you will also quit the ministry with me I said okay tell me he said sit down I sat down he said three thousand rand a month I got up I said thank you sir you just you make me feel wonderful now I said now you sit yourself down I said let me tell you what I need to trust God for I said I'm close to 500,000 in a month when I travel he jumped up to his feet shook my hand he said I'm back in ministry (laughs) what is the difference between 100 rand and 1,000 rand just an extra note and I shall not be moved come on (laughs) I shall not be moved I'm a tree planted at the waters I shall not be moved Lord you know a lot of people does this God has has blessed us last month yes yeah thank God he gave us 10,000 we came through but this month I've got no idea what we're gonna do we need a hundred thousand how are we gonna do this and God sits in heaven and say ask me just ask me you know this one is big for God oh my goodness this one is big for God no it's big to you it's not big to God he owns all the cattle and a thousand hills I heard something interesting about Saturn the planet Saturn they say the planet Saturn it rains down diamonds you didn't know you didn't hear me Saturn rains down diamonds something that God the Bible says he created the heavens and the earths the galaxies and all the Milky Ways like this my goodness he did not create me like that no you didn't get this one he created all of the galaxies all the planets everything by doing this but he created me fearfully wonderfully he knitted me together so if Saturn can rain down diamonds my father not my God my father owns Saturn the scripture says the heavens are the Lord's but the earth he gave to the children of men the church church needs to understand this world is ours it does not belong to the devil he has given me dominion and authority over this planet come on I want some crazy people jump to your feet and say I command gold silver come to me in Jesus name come to me the earth is mine the earth is mine do you believe that hallelujah give him a shout if you believe that so I'm running a little bit because the the one I want to get to is gonna take me at least three hours so so doubt say doubt doubt cancels your miracle it stops your answer from heaven doubt doubt okay now number six this is another one that that gives you a pain sometimes disobedience disobedience is a big one for why your prayers are hindered by the way the Bible says obedience is better than sacrifice so in other words when God tells you to do something it's not because heaven is in need you are in need so what do you mean so he gives you a way out because he says obedience is better than a sacrifice in other words God says I'm not very much interested in the sacrifice I'm more interested in your heart I want to speak to somebody when God said to Abraham I want you to offer Isaac 
What was he after? He wasn't after Isaac. He was after Abraham. The only way he can get to Abraham was through Isaac. Sometimes God says, I want sacrifice. Why? Because that's the only way he can get to your heart. Amen. And where your treasure is, your heart will be also. Come on, help me out somebody. You know, when David wanted to build a house for the Lord, he got to a place where somebody gave him a field. Gave him a field. He said, no, hang on, hang on. I'm not going to take this. I'm going to pay for it. Because I'm not going to give anything to the Lord that has cost me nothing. Oh my goodness. Before you give unto the Lord, it must cost you something. Come on. In today's churches, I've seen it all around the world. The Chinese offering are flourishing. Ching-a-ling-a-ling-a-ling-a-ling. I said of a preacher the other day, he said to me, when I'm 60 years old, they kick me out of the church, they, I, leave, I lose my house, I lose all my form of security. I said, why? He said, because according to them, I'm too old. He says, it's the same people that was busy dying of cancer I had to pray for. The same people that, that had marriage issues. I had to prepare a service Sunday after Sunday after Sunday. And because I became 60, they said, I'm too old. They kicked me out. It shouldn't be that way. Let me just knock you out for a while. Get you angry while I can. He says, those who minister the gospel should live off the gospel. I'm going to hit you with more. He says, those who receive teaching must, must honor the one who teaches with all their physical substance. He says, a, a laborer is worthy of his wages. It says, a teacher of the word must receive double honor. In actual fact, any preacher around the world, I'm not speaking about myself, any preacher that's really preaching the truth should receive more money than all the doctors. Why? Because that man is basically preparing your soul for eternity. A doctor can help you for the now, and I've got respect for doctors. God bless them, but he helps you now. But he can't. A doctor can't give you the way. But a preacher, everything will fall apart. The whole world, everybody's work will fall, but not the work of a preacher. The work of a preacher will resound in people's ears until the day on your deathbed. We don't believe in healing. You know when people like me, the day when they need healing, then I'm a very important guy to them. Now listen, I'm not, I'm not trying to get you uh, emotional. You know when people like me, when they're on their deathbeds, dying without the Lord, a guy like me is very important. A preacher is a very important guy that day. Because now, the preacher's voice resounds in those ears. A preacher's work will always stand. Shout hallelujah. Okay, so that was that. Then, so okay, I want to read your scripture, by the way. First John chapter 3. And whatever we ask, we receive from him because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. And whatever we shall ask, we receive from Him because we keep His commandments and do those things that are pleasing in His sight. So, let me say that one more time. And whatsoever we ask, we, we receive from Him because we keep His commandments. This is not Old Testament, this is New Testament. This is the disciple that loved Jesus. Think about this. I don't want to make it bad, but it sounds bad. But There's a disciple laying on Jesus' chest every day. Think about that. This disciple John is just laying on his bosom every single day. Imagine, imagine this in today's time. All my ushers and friends sits around me and here's Irvin laying his head on my bosom. And, and I just pat him. Everything will be okay, Irvin. Everything is okay. Don't worry. 
Imagine that. I was just thinking about it because <laughs> I know exactly where I'm going. All right, but <laughs> my point is, the point I try to make, whatsoever we ask, we receive from him. <laughs> so, so this was this disciple that was laying on Jesus' bosom that said this. We have to keep his commandments. So when we can keep his commandments to do those things that are pleasing in his sight. Then I receive whatever I ask him when I do things that pleases him. Amen. That powerful? Come on, now I'm going to get to, the, to number seven. Hold on to your seats for this one. Your marriage. Okay, it's quiet. The reason why prayers are hindered. Marriage. Not because you married. I'm going to, I'm going to share some things about marriage. Okay? And it's going to get people red hot. It's going to get the guys excited. It's going to get the woman excited. But let's go. Are you ready for this? Now, I want to say this again. There's a lot of Abigails and a lot of Nabals in marriages today. A lot. And don't say because Abigail is a, is a girl's name that that's your wife. No, no. Sometimes the roles are changed, especially in the 21st century. I think about this in biblical times. You didn't decide who your wife was. Oh, sorry. You didn't decide who your husband was. It was decided for you. They treated women like slaves. Amen. All right? Think about this. When Nabal died, David heard. He says, bingo. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to this. <laughs> he, he, he went back. They went back to Abigail. He said, now, you're going to be my wife. You know what she said? Okay, just take your, take your slave girl. I'm the slave girl. I'll go. I'll marry him. That's what she thought about herself. Slave girl. And he married her. He couldn't wait for the ball to drop dead. Alina <laughs> <laughs> myself, we spoke about Solomon this morning on our way here. Solomon had a thousand wives, a thousand, seven hundred wives, three hundred concubines. Yeah. Imagine here comes a woman in, walking in and, and, and said, Hello, my Lord, can I just ask you a question? Who are you? <laughs> oh, oh, wow. This one is beautiful. I want to marry her. Hey, I'm one of your women already. I'm number 227. Oh, you, okay. <laughs> Can we just put numbers on the heads, please? I, I get confused. Now, men, help me out. One woman. Is enough. My wife is like a thousand women. Imagine one, one thousand. And the Bible says he's got, he had wisdom. Where's the wisdom at? I think he had a last problem. The Bible says he had wisdom. Amen. The wisdom of Solomon. <laughs> Do you know where the wisdom comes from? When you read his story, the wisdom kicks in. <laughs> That's why it's called Solomon's wisdom. <laughs> See, the, the ladies don't like this. They look at me like, I'm not happy. I am. So he had a thousand. Crazy. Crazy. So David said, I'm going I'm to marry her. Okay, yes, here we go. So in, old, in, in biblical times, most of the times, it was just decided for you. You're going to, this is your, your husband. You've never seen him. He's as ugly as a dog. <laughs> but, but, <laughs> whoa, okay, let's go. And uh, in any case, that's your husband now. Okay, 
I'm the slave girl. I just do whatever. But things change. Because now in the New Testament, the Bible says, a husband should be a husband of one woman. Ladies, you have to be a, a, a wife to one husband. And, and let me just say this to you, that when you are married, it's not like buying a car. Five years down the line, you get tired of this. The kilometers are sky high, the tires, the chassis is bended, and you want to trade it in. You, yeah, and this is for a newer sport model. Because this one is now built for comfort and no longer for speed. You, you can't do that. You, you are supposed... <laughs> Let's just... It happens. <laughs> I see some people don't laugh. It's fine. God sits in heaven and laughs this morning. He gave us a sense of humor. And this is a fact. If you're not laughing, maybe you're doing it. Or considering it. Damn it. She looks like a beetle. I wanted a Porsche. But in any case. <laughs> and uh, so... Let me say this. <laughs> I'm going to, yes, after this, there's going to be marriage seminars and, yeah, I'm going to get calls. Letters. <laughs> In any case. And it's funny. It, just, just think about this. They want their wives to look like a Ferrari, but they look like a panel van. <laughs> think about that. Oh, you have put on weight. Did you see how you look? When was the last time you saw your toes? Think about that. She must be a sports model, but I look like a, like a wrecked panel van or something. Come on, man, don't shut me down. Facts. So the Lord has designed marriage to last. And I understand the scriptures that, that says there's certain things and I'll get there. But... As the longer you are married, the sweeter the love for each other must become. Let me say this to you. If you want to know, if you want to, if you want to see a husband, and I want to speak to the husbands quickly. If you see a husband loves his wife, I can assure you, he's a big lover of Christ. It is impossible to love your wife right if you're not a lover of Christ. If you're a lover of Jesus, you will treat your wife like Christ treats His church. Oh, it's getting quiet in this place. This is why they say, you're afraid of your wife. No, I'm God-fearing. And the way I treat her is a direct reflection of how I treat Him. Men, take, it, take advice. You don't mess with somebody's daughter. You're messing with God's daughter. I said to my girl, I said, there's no boy good enough for you. Nobody. I said, in, 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 in your relationship, there's only three men allowed. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That's it. And, and let me say this to dads. Dads, you are supposed to set the example. This is why I know that I know that I know that I know. My daughter is not going to bring somebody home with his pants down there. And with the walk and the lean on. What's up? 
When I open the door, my main man. I'm not gonna have that. When I open the door and a, and a young boy looks at me that way, I'll just say, oh, Lucifer, it's just you. Bang. I set the example, the bar too high. So anybody she beats must meet up with her father. Come help me out now. And, and so, our, and listen, I, I, maybe you're going to get angry at me, ladies, but it's a fact. A girl can even live without her mother, but they can't live without their father. A father plays just a total different role. It, whether it's a boy or a girl, because a father sets the example of how a man should be. So now you grow up and you see your dad slaps your mother, bang, bang. And that's how you grow up. And that's what you do. You slap your woman around because you saw your father do it and he did it and he did it and he did it. I thank God for my father, my earthly father, who showed me how to be a man. Amen. And now I can, say, I can show that to my, my children. So let me just get back to where I wanted to get. Fathers, you are an example. Amen. Children don't do what you, what you say, they do what you do. Amen. Let me give you an example with my son. I heard my son cry the one night, 3 o'clock in the morning. Next day in school, I opened the door. I said, Dylan, you, you know you have school tomorrow morning. He turned around, tears streaming down his cheeks. He said, Dad, you are the example. When he said that, I closed the door, I said, pray on. I wept. I thought to myself, my children don't even hear me. The other day he said to me, I heard you weep. I heard how mom has comforted you because you wept in the presence of God. Now that's what I want to hear. I saw a dad praying, crying before God. Listen, men don't know how to open Bible, uh, bottles. They know how to open up Bibles. They say, are you boring when you serve God? Let me just quickly tell you. When I lay my head down tonight, I have a hope. When I don't open up my eyes, I'm walking in glory. Amen. Can you say the same? Amen. I always say to my wife, the only thing I can give you, I'm a boring guy. I can only give you Jesus. That's the only thing I can give you. She said, that's the only thing I want. She didn't. Listen, she's crazy about me. <laughs> But the thing that she fell in love with is my Jesus. The Jesus she saw in me. That's what she loved more than anything else. Come on, help me out somebody. So, sometimes when there's marital issues. Now, I'm going to hit you with some facts today. The Bible says, don't let the sun go down on your wrath. Husbands and wives, when you quarrel, when you fight. Okay, let me rephrase that. Husbands, when your wife fights. Don't go to bed angry at one another. It hinders your prayer life. It stops the flow of God's miraculous working power. So if your wife is in bed and she doesn't want to make up, she's angry at you. You walk into that house like the king of your castle. Get your lean on. <laughs> hey woman, listen to me when I'm talking to you. I'm sorry. I love you. I don't want to fight. This is stupid. Why do we fight? Hey? Can I make you some coffee? Let me tell you, I will be busy during the day. I have to say this. When I wake up in the morning, I say hello to my wife. Then I know that means where's the coffee? Means where's the coffee? So I get the coffee. Put the coffee down. Coffee is done. And then 
I will do whatever I need to do. And then sometimes I will just run in and just check on her. Okay, are you okay? Can I make some coffee? I thought you never asked, okay? Coffee number two. And, and, and three, four, five, six, seven, eight. And why do I do that? Because the Bible says you have to consider one another. So even when I'm tired, I don't, want, I don't feel like making coffee. Sometimes I, she says, nobody makes coffee like me. So sometimes I want to make it so bad. <laughs> Instead of sugar, you put the salt. <laughs> I've got some people around me, when you ask them for coffee, they make it so terrible, you never ask them again. And when you say, oh, uh, uh, can, can somebody make you coffee? Definitely not me, he doesn't drink my coffee. There's a reason I don't drink your coffee. Put sugar in next time. I drink my coffee with four sugars in. And I always tell them, stir all four. You stir once and it's done. <laughs> Well, I drink four at my house. When I'm at your house, five. <laughs> okay, so let's go. I'm going to give you another scripture. First Peter chapter 3, verse 1 to 7. Let's read this. I'm going to give you a lot of scriptures quickly, and then, then you'll understand where I'm going. Today is the day that prayers will be answered in this place like never before. Hear me right now. Is, is anybody rushing? Oh, is, is that interesting? I'm going to get somewhere now and then the prayers will be answered. Wives. Now he's speaking to the wives. Husbands, close your ears or don't. Because then you can hold it against them. Wives, likewise, be submissive to your own husbands. Pause there. To your own husbands, not to your father. Not to your brother. Not to your man friend at your job. I want to say something that's going to sound terrible. When you're married and you, you, ate, a, you ate a girlfriend. No, not girlfriend in that way. You've got a lady friend. There's some, okay, you're a husband. You're married to a woman. You have a lady friend. There's something wrong. The only lady friend that you're supposed to have is your wife. Wives, when you're married and you have a boyfriend, something is wrong. The only friend, boy, boyfriend, you need is your husband. I thought this is going to get very quiet today. Anything else than that is pure evil. Pure evil. Well, you know, I can share most things with my friend. I can't do it with my husband. There's a problem. And it's called the spirit. And it's not the spirit of God. Oh, it's very quiet in this place. If there's any woman I want to share anything with, it's my wife. So the Bible says, wives, likewise, be submissive to your own husbands. Can I, can I go deeper? If you have more good things to say about your boss than about your wife or more good things to say about your boss than your husband something is wrong something's wrong rather lose your job than lose your marriage can i can i go on never discuss your wife with your friends never discuss your husband with your friends because they said don't do that. Even if he's a pig. Give it to the Lord. What did Abigail do? She protected. She protected. Wives. Listen, let me tell you this. I'm going to read on. Just keep it on the screen. It says, the woman are the weaker. The weaker of the two. Okay, the woman is a weak one. That's what, that's what the Bible says. But let me just say this to you. A woman is a protector. It's like a lion or oh, lioness. Have you ever seen somebody attack a cub in front of a lioness? 
Let me just tell you this. They say the lion is the king of the jungle. The lioness is the king of the jungle. I have seen a lioness slap that lion male. His mane looks like a middle pikey's. Because instinct, God created the woman to be a nurturer, a protector. You touch my babies, you can die. But, 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 I'm getting to, ex yeah, the guy's going to like me. Chocolates are after loss for me. So the, the, the woman is the one that protects. So protect your husband's dignity. Protect his dignity. If he's a problem, don't tell him he's a problem in front of everybody. Take him home Amen. and say, we have to have a sit down. You are a problem. You're the reason I got fat. But in any case, uh, if you, <laughs> you sit, <laughs> you sit, I would open. You, you, you sit him down in the private and you sort it out. So the Bible says, wife, likewise be submissive to your own husbands, that even if some do not obey the word, they without a word may be won by the conduct of their wives.